Welcome to the Adversity Psychologist Podcast, a podcast incorporating narratives about facing and navigating adversity, a mixture of people, their experiences, and professional psychological discussion. I'm Dr. Tara Quintarillo. I'm a qualified and regulated psychologist with over 20 years' experience of mental health, disability, and human behavior. I want to share people's stories of navigating adversity in the hope that through being heard, a dose of compassion and some understanding, we can help others in the face of adversity too. Hi and welcome to the Adversity Psychologist podcast. I'm Dr. Tara and today I'm delighted to have with me a topic that I have wanted to cover. So I'm really looking forward to this just on a personal level as well. I have Sean Pileshi with me today. I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her story and why she's here today. Thank you. Yeah, it's really nice to be here. So um, I haven't always been a professional organiser by trade. Uh, I, in my in my previous sort of career, I was in events and event management. And for a long time, I was managing and uh, organising events. Um, at, but I've always loved organising. And I've always been an organiser of some sorts. Um, right. And uh, I, about seven years ago now, I uh, I fell pregnant with my first child and I realised that events is not quite, you know, the, the place for a young family to be really, because it's okay, 24-7, yes, you're up jet setting, doing all these wonderful things. Um, and I loved events, but I knew that it wasn't, it wasn't, it was a time for me to step away from that a little bit. Um, and I just tried to think about what could I do? Because I really enjoy helping people. I really enjoyed the creativity of events and looking at how yes. we can create this experience for people. Um, and so I, it was actually one of my colleagues that just said to me, well, why don't you go and organize people's offices? Because you're so good at doing ours. And uh, at the time I was thinking, yeah, is that a thing? Yeah, I suppose it might be. So, um, and that's that's kind of how I stepped into the decluttering world, really. It was more about going into helping and supporting small and medium businesses to be able to um, have a better experience as they're starting to grow their business. Yes. So your environment is so important and, you know, it has a, a really big play on how you react, how you interact, what you do, how your day, for, you know, unfolds and all that sort of thing and for me it was about trying to get some order into people's lives in in their offices so that as their business grows they don't have to take that step back to go actually now I need to reorganize my office because I'm growing so um that's where I started and uh it it kind of just went from there and and I moved from from working with people in their in their offices into people working with people in their homes um and that's that's how it's kind of come about but in the past um there is a, a very strong link between your mental health and your well-being and your space um and over the past seven years, I've learned a lot about myself and my own sort of history with space and, and connection. Yes, I wondered that, yeah. But also about how others, how it, how it plays for others and how it um, has a really big impact on their lives. Um, I've had uh, sort of mental health issues in the past with work and with stress um, that led me to change what I was doing. And it was only when that change took place that I realized how bad a place I'd been in. And so that having that understanding of the change and what what that can do to you and how it can can improve your life and how it can make you feel so much better, so much more confident, so much happier in what you're doing. 
um, was a really big part to play. And it's a bit, it's a, it's something that has resonated with me throughout the whole of my journey on decluttering and working with people. Um, but I love it. I absolutely love just supporting other people and helping them get into a better place, uh, you know, in, in their environments and, and in their mental health. That kind of reward element, I'm going to come back to that. I've made sure I've written that down <laughs> to come back to later, the kind of what we get as professionals when we are supporting someone and seeing that change, mm. um, which I think is really lovely. And thank you for sharing your story as well, because actually it's quite timely when, you know, at the time of recording this podcast, obviously the um, Jacinda, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, has resigned. And mm. there's a lot of talk about how overwhelm leads to burnout, what that can look like, um, and how and when we need to start putting ourselves first and what that can look like. Um, so what I'm really interested in, actually, I'd like to ask you a couple of questions around when we're looking at your own story, if you're happy to share that kind of mm. what that stress looked like what the kind of path it took when you maybe began to recognize that there needed to be a change that things weren't okay yeah I I um like I say I was working in events at the time and I was working for a small business I was um quite a senior person in the in the company I'd been there for a long time I'd built up a small team I was working with my own team and then I was managing the owner of the business and his team as well um but I was doing pretty much everything. I was doing the accounts. I was looking at cleaning the place. I was doing Gosh, everything I could yeah, for yeah. the business and to help it grow. Um, and it got to a point where I was coming home every night. I was working long, long days. I was the first in, I was the last out. I right. was coming home every night. I had great things to say about the, the the business itself because of the clients I was working with I was really enjoying that element of it and I love working with the team but I wasn't enjoying the whole stress that was being put on me yes. as a senior person within the business and the fact that there was a lot of issues with money going on as well within the business the owner the owner wasn't particularly great at the time of doing uh, looking after the money side of things and so that I felt came on my head and, and that was a real, a real pressure, a real pressure point. But it was my husband that alerted me to the fact that, you know, maybe you need a different, a different place to be. Yes. And for a long time I fought it. I was like, no, no, I really love this job. I really love. And I did. I loved the whole thing about being in this small business and the connection that we had as a team. But I was coming home, I was getting to a point where I would, you know, Sunday night, I would be absolutely bricking it. I just didn't know how or what was going to happen on the Monday morning. And I hated it. I was hating it. I was coming home every night. I was stressed. I was reacting very differently, you know, to responses that would normally be a general response to something. I would probably just have a really snappy response instead. And it was really affecting who I was as a person. Yes. Um, you know, and, and how I was behaving outside of the, the office. Um, and it, it wasn't until I'd made that decision. It took two years for me to get to that point where I was like, enough is enough. I need to do something different. And so I set up my own business. Um, and it, as soon as I'd made that decision to make that change, there was a difference um, people started seeing me and going, gosh, wow. you're looking really well. What's, you know, is something happening? What's changed? Gosh. And there was a, you know, they, you, other people could see the, the, the physical difference, 
yeah. and I could feel the mental difference. So there was a real a real connection between that making that conscious decision to make that change that then started me on a different path. And then that was it. I I set up on my own, I set up my own business. And although there are stresses and strains of running your own business, it's very different to when you're yes. running a business with somebody else because you have autonomy on it. You have the, you know, you can make the decisions. You can decide whether you're going to get up in the morning and go down and go to your office and start making those calls. And there was a worry that I wouldn't do that, that I would end up sort of sitting on the couch watching TV. Yeah, it's understandable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I didn't. I actually got up every day and I had a zest for life. And interestingly, you know, people sort of, uh, saw me after that and and they could they could really see a difference and and I just it was a, a new step a new step in a different direction that made a huge impact on my well-being my mental health my yes. physical health my relationship with my husband you know my relationships with my friends my family it all changed but all for a positive so it was it, it made a big difference and I'm just so pleased that he kind of pushed me in that direction a little bit and coaxed me into it and, and you know and supported me with it it's so interesting isn't it that fact that sometimes we might have a little inclination things aren't right mm. but it might be someone external to us that actually is the one to say things aren't okay and um you know we're just when we're talking about burnout and overwhelm and some of the issues in the media at the moment I think that's quite important for people listening because there's kind of two two kind of offshoots for me that I want to kind of pick up there that your own personal journey and um, observing when things weren't okay and how that led you to set up this specific business mm. so I'm guessing is there anything that you've noticed from the kind of overwhelm the burnout the stress that you experience that might have also been to do with the environment you're working in the organization I'm just wondering whether any of that then came in to your new business into thinking this is why I want to set this up for people it's I think it's um yes there is a there is an element of that 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 when you're, you know, in an environment where there is a, a little bit of chaos, a little bit of pressure, a little bit of yes. stress, it impacts on how you you work. And so, looking at, you know, when I set up my own business at the time, which was another events business, um, I I was very conscious of making sure that I didn't get into, um, you know, my accounts were up to date and actually perfectly done so that there was an allocation of money for things when I needed it. Should there be a rainy day or a chance where something, you know, big might need to be paid for? I didn't have yes. to worry about that. Um, but equally that my my whole um, filing system in the office was easy to manage. And so that anybody that came in could just get on with it and would know where to go for things. And there wasn't any stress there. Um, uh, so that, that started that role of, of being better organized. Um, and perhaps looking at the processes a little bit more in terms yes. of, okay, what do we need for this to work? better I'm not perfect at it you know by any means I'm always trying to find a, a new solution that that can help um but when I set up sorted when I sort of stepped into decluttering and organizing it was something that was already consciously there for me it was a, a matter of right I need to understand more about how I can be better organized how I can do things more productively 
how can I work when I'm working with my clients and I'm looking at them and what they're doing and how they're doing it? How can I think about about what they're doing in a different way so that they can try something new and and try to do it in a different way? Um, so it does it does all play together, you know. And then it, it got me looking at you know where has this chaotic bit come from because you know I, I'm not always tidy I don't always I mean if you were to look around my office now and I'm not going to show you it right now but if you were to look at it it would look a little bit like a bomb's hit it you know because life is busy and you know I do multiple things um I am the president of uh, APDO which is the Association of Professional Declutterers and Organizers um so right. a lot of my time is spent looking at how we can grow the profession and support others within the, yes. the industry, yeah. but also tell people about the fact that this service is here for them. I'm I'm on the PTA at the school, so I have stuff for that, you know, that's yes, familiar. <laughs> you know, I run my own business, so I have my own clients and my own admin that I need to be doing as well. And then I have two young children that are four and six and you know, bring stuff into my office and just deposit them. And there's not always the time to be able to sort that out. And you sort of, you know, you look around and I, every time I meet people, they sort of say, oh, you must have a perfect home because you're a professional organiser. No, nobody's home is perfect. You know, if you've got a life, you've got a family, you've got work, you've got jobs that you do, there is a build up. And sometimes it's just about taking that time to be able to then focus on it. So this weekend, I'll be focusing on my office and making sure that just goes back into some order so that when I come back into it next week, I know that I can just crack on and get on with what I need to do and not worry about it. But there's a lot of people that, you know, you have that buildup of things and they they don't have that time or they can't find that time to be able to consciously understand what's going on and see what's happening and go, I acknowledge that there is a bit of chaos here right now. But I also acknowledge that because I know that, I know I can do something about it and I'm going to do something about it. Um, some people don't have that ability to take that acknowledgement and go, right, I can now action something to help that. So I have so many things I want to ask. I was really <laughs> interested in what you were saying about the perfect home. So if people can imagine, I'm kind of doing air quotes there. That actually, you know, and I was just thinking that myself. I wonder if you get people asking you, what is your house like and how is your life organized? But, you know, this idea of the perfect home or the mm. perfect office space um, and that kind of middle ground between not getting caught up in I need to have this perfect and whatever that means to you because actually that can equally lead to you know the kind of perfectionist type stuff uh, lead yeah. to overwhelm and burnout and and it isn't productive and getting that balance between being able to notice and then do behavior change as a result of that yeah you know having that cognitive awareness that in situ right here right now what do I need to do but also that you don't get caught up in should do's must do's you know getting that balance I imagine so actually quite what do you do is quite psychologically based isn't it um and we were talking yeah. just before we started recording weren't we about that actually I think and you think there is a huge misconception about what declutterers do mm. and what you don't do what it isn't actually it's not more about what you do it's actually what is decluttering and what isn't it and I'm wondering whether let's come on to that and then come back to the kind of psychological processes how it works how it's helpful because I really love and I'm really glad this is just really organic isn't it that's why I love podcasting <laughs> that you're able to say look this is how my office looks right now because I'm just thinking wow I wish I could turn my camera around and say my <laughs> desk and I'm quite a generally quite a tidy person I'm fairly organized again because I run my own business so there has to be mm. a level of organization so I don't reach overwhelm but 
desk's a bit of a mess this morning because I have a Friday and Friday is community project podcasting. So all of those things are on the desk ready to go. So it's mm-hmm. not that clear, but mm-hmm. it's okay. It's manageable. And I think that that's, you know, if I was kind of striving for this empty, perfect desk, I would just burn out. Yeah. And then I might be missing really valued things or I might be missing some really important things. So let's talk about decluttering them, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm really glad you're talking about society. So actually what we'll do is, um, I think we should tag if there's a, a kind of a link for people as well to maybe learn if there's anything links about what it is, mm. what it isn't, how people can learn more about it. What is decluttering and what isn't? Because I think that's just as important, <laughs> yes, isn't it? It is. And 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 I think like you, you know, there is a misconception that decluttering is just about going in and clearing space and tidying yes, up. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it's not just that. There is an element of that, absolutely. Yes, but- yeah it's it's about understanding um the levels of clutter that someone can cope yes with. right um and it's also about trying to support people in creating a space that is um a, a, where they're able to manage it keep on top of it easily have a process yes. that works better for them yeah um and just be able to support them in in really sort of working on an area that is bothering them. Um, now so that that's kind of, that there's a personal, this actual moment, this is a problem. So in psychology, we've got, you know, what's the problem? Mm. So they are noticing, most people that kind of come to you will notice a particular something well, that's, that's bothering them about the yeah. way. Yeah, it, and it could be to do with, uh, and then it's not just the, the physical element either. It's not just about stuff, you know, yes. the, the objects. It's about the productivity side of things as well. Yeah. Um, and there are different professional organisers that focus and have a specialism uh, of something particular. So it could right. be that they are looking at productivity. So they don't deal with the physical elements of stuff. It's all about how do you work and how do you Oh, that's interesting. Right. So I hadn't realised that either. There's kind of two offshoots. There's the practical physical Mm organising and helping you understand your behavioural patterns around that. But then there's also kind of helping people think about processes then. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can – when I'm working with a client, I look at a little bit of both really. I'm looking at how they're using their space – Right. What 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 are they doing that's not working for them, and why is it not working for them? Sometimes it can be down to just who they are. You know, they they're not a naturally tidy person, but are they organised? Yes. You know, do they know where things are, even though that it's not necessarily pristinely put back on you know on its shelf or in its drawer or in its cupboard? Um, and it, it doesn't matter. It's not about perfection. It's not about perfectionism. It's about finding that balance of looking at their area, their space and working out, is that process working for them? Is it that, you know, when they walk in the door, the front door, do they have somewhere to put their bag, their coat, their shoes, their keys immediately as they walk in so that they know that that's where they are when they want to walk back out of the house? Or do they then have to go all the way to the other side of the house to drop their coat or put their coat away? In, a, in which case, is that process working for them? Is that why the coat's ending up halfway down the hallway and not actually on the peg at the end of the hallway? Because they can't get that far. It's not, it's, you know, it's too far for them to, to action that process to make it easy. So it's just looking at things like that and, you know, looking at 
what have they got in their homes already that they can reutilize somewhere else? And maybe it's just that there's a there's a cupboard that's in a, in the wrong part of the house. It just needs to move in order for to make it easier to tidy up yes. or to keep on top of the things that are coming in or wanting to go out. Um, it's looking at how, you know, and why they're keeping hold of things. Why have you had that dress in the wardrobe that you've not worn for 20 years? Oh, it's because it holds sentimental value for you. Great, but it doesn't need to be in your wardrobe because you're never going to wear it. So either bring it out and put it away into a, a sentimental box, turn it into something else or or let it go. It's, you know, it's about talking through this process yes. and people to yeah. understand a bit more about why they're holding on to things, what they want to do with them. And sometimes, you know, if it's all dependent on the space you have available as well. Um, it's all very well wanting to hold on to your grandmother's uh, rocking chair because it's a beautiful piece and it reminds you so much. But if you haven't got the physical space to be able to do that, then actually it's going to cause you more of a problem than it is to actually to keep it. So, you know, do you then gift it to somebody that you know you can still go and see it and it will yes. get used or it'll be, you know, it'll be valued? Do you sell it or give it away uh, or do you decide to keep it and put it into storage? It's it's about having that conversation and understanding of what, what they need to do with it before um, so that they can then gain back that space, both physically and mentally. There's so much of what you do. Very, very similar to how a psychologist would kind of conduct an assessment, you know, helping them see, well, what is the problem? What's brought you here today? You know, where did it, or, you know, what the origins, what's the kind of course, the development of the problem? You know, how long have you been sitting on this? What are your behavioral patterns? So it's helping mm. people, I guess, something about developing insight, but also bringing in some other kind of psychological things there, you know, looking at your attachment styles to objects. Yeah. Um, but also, it sounds like there's quite a lot of kind of guidance on, well, actually, what, what are the possible solutions? And that can mm. sometimes be hard for people, isn't it? That, you know, even as a psychologist, sometimes you might know what a problem is, but you're just not sure and you need some support. So, yeah. you know, I hadn't thought of things like, oh, gosh, of course, you can repurpose a lot of things now. People make memory cushions and quilts yeah. and all. You know, it's having that. So I guess what you, it seems that you provide quite a layered approach but it is quite therapeutic it strikes me in terms of perhaps people's not just those people that maybe need organization in terms of the way they run their life but also people that might be attached to things you know verging on what psychologists sometimes work with you know, the kind of more to the hoarding side of things mm -hmm. where you may be key that obviously there may be some psychological issues involved in that but helping people to maybe manage if some things have been building up or they're holding on to a lot of things mm. that actually that seems like a really beneficial support yeah. to have it is and 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 you you touch on hoarding and you know that is something that is a big problem for yes, actually yeah. a lot yeah. more people than 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 you would imagine yeah um, yeah it is a specialism it is there is a you know it's a much slower process when you're working yes. with someone that's got yeah. hoarding behaviors um and equally you know you have to consider other neurological elements you know there are people that that don't function in the same way um as somebody else so it might take they you know they might not see the easy route because they can't they just can't their brains can't do it they can't yeah. focus yeah. I mean you know you said you know if you were to say well why don't you move your key hooked close to the door they would turn around and say I didn't even imagine that that I could even think to do that. That's yeah. that wouldn't have entered my brain to do that. And that's okay. It's not, it's not about saying there's something wrong with you because there's nothing wrong with them. 
It's just that their brains aren't functioning in the same way as somewhere somebody else's. So we have to try and look at that and work out, okay, how is your brain functioning? What is it trying to do? What is it not doing very well? Yes. Where do you need that help? Um, so the, and the process, you know, can be a very quick one for some and a much longer one for others. Yes. Yeah. Um, it just depends on who you are and, and everybody's individual, right? And unique. So we all have our own ways of doing things and sometimes yep, it's certainly do. Long, <laughs> longer to do something than others. So, um, and that's fine. It's just finding the right person to support that need and to be able to help, um, help, help you through that process. Seems like there's a lot of kind of compassion there as well, because, you know, sometimes if you think about decluttering, you just think of objects, tangible items, but yeah. there's so much in addition to that, isn't, you know, it's not just yeah. about, right, we'll come in, we'll do this, we'll do it in the most efficient, quickest way we can. But actually for some people it's a process and it needs to be treated yeah. differently. It, it does. And I think there's also this element of, you know, a lot of people think, oh, maybe you're just, you're like a cleaner. You come in and you clean. Yes. When, yeah. We're not cleaners. You know, we, yes, there is an element of cleaning that we do because we're not going to sort of clear off a, a shelf and leave it all dusty and horrible. Yes, you know, of course, if it's not yeah. been touched for yeah. a while, we will yeah. clean it as we go along. But we're not cleaners in, in that sense. We do have a different role to play um, when it comes to looking at the physical space um, and, but it's a joy to to be able to support people with this, you know, and I feel very privileged at being asked to be able to go into some of these homes because some people are extremely embarrassed about the situation. Oh, yes, I um, was wondering that. Is that something you're happy to talk about a little bit more? Obviously, mm. preserving people's privacy, but mm-hmm. I imagine, you know, that most people I'm imagining, a little bit like in my job, but people don't come a couple of days after they notice a problem. Sometimes people have, you know, had something going on for a while and there could be some shame attached mm. to that, some guilt, mm-hmm. embarrassment, as you say. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot of that that goes on. And, yeah, um, you know, yeah. very often, um, and I work with a whole array of different clients, but very often I'll find that there is a, a this element of, obviously there's nervousness. Yes, yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're asking someone that you don't know to come into your home and help you with something that is actually yeah. very personal. Um, there is an embarrassment element of it, you know, that they're embarrassed about how far it's got or yes. how it looks yeah. or how it might might seem to other people yeah um and there's sometimes there is an element of feeling ashamed about how you know how it's got and I always sort of say to people look don't don't be embarrassed don't be ashamed there's nothing you know there's nothing wrong with you it's just that that you need help at this point and this is this is when you've reached out and actually that's the first step is being able to just reach out and say I need some help can you please come and help me yeah. Um, you know, and that that's really empowering. And it's so lovely that people are willing to trust you to let you come in and support them with whatever problem they're having. I was just thinking that, that level of trust, because sometimes it's a big, I notice with my own patients sometimes, it's, it can be a big jump, even from booking to see mm-hmm. someone, to actually kind of getting through the door or them coming through your door um, and how vulnerable you can be with that and as you're working through things. And for some people as well, you know, if we're anxious about something, we've got big emotions, we sometimes avoid them. Mm-hmm. So we'll try and, you know, keep a little safety barrier between us and them. But by having someone coming, you know, part of what you do is, you know, an assessment looking at what the issue is, how it's developed, how it's kept going, is that that might be the first time that people have actually really sat 
and looked at that big picture. What's going mm. on here? How long has it been going on for? Um, one thing that really strikes me about your work is it seems that it's about kind of a, making a core shift in their behavior. This isn't just about in this moment, this is the problem. Let's get you organized. Let's, and I think that's the misconception as well, isn't it, about decluttering that it's let's mm-hmm. get you back to, to somewhere now rather mm. than looking at actually what you do, which is making a core shift in a problem behavior yeah. we'll call it a problem behavior is that a right to use that way you know that yeah. actually these are the, the things that are causing an issue for you but you're wanting them to learn and gain that insight um to make that longer term change which yeah. is really beneficial for m- emotional health as well isn't it mental health absolutely it's not yeah it's not a, a get quick fix yes. sort of element yeah. it's a how can we change the processes that you yes. have yeah. yeah so that long term or longer term, you can manage it better yourself going forward. And you feel more in control about what you're doing and how you're doing it. And you're not feeling this constant pressure of, oh, gosh, I've got to, that's not working, but I don't know how to change that. You know, yeah. Yeah. So there's there's less stress put on you and you can enjoy life more and can go out more and you can do more things with your family and your friends um, because you have more time because your brain isn't taken up with this, pressure and stress of the fact that oh that needs sorting and that's the thing that stress I was wondering for for those people listening whose ears are probably pricked up already and gone actually do you know what we've already learned a lot haven't we but you know what those mental health emotional health benefits can be but also in terms of your lifestyle freeing you up time so if we Mm. come back to some of your um, more corporate examples as well you know if you're not working efficiently you know, that that can lead to everyone burnout, but also just that physical time, mm. time to do other things. So I'm guessing, you know, is that something you can elaborate on for us as well? Anything that you're happy or can feedback that the changes you might have noticed in people's mental health? Yeah. Well, time? Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, the, just looking at the, the the person in general. So, you know, yes, when, I, when yeah. I work with a client, I've worked with loads of clients where we've had a four hour session on somewhere. And at the start, I've turned up at the door. They're a bit nervous. You know, they're looking down. They're regularly, so they're sort of yeah. hesitant. They're yeah. feeling, they're feeling not entirely sure what's going to happen here. They know, they know what they want to happen, yes. but whether it's yes. going to happen. There's an anticipation of, you know, how, how is this going to go? Yeah. But as you're going through that session and through that process, you start to see a change. You start to see their shoulders drop and they relax a bit more. They have a bit more of a laugh with you about things. You know, the the conversation opens up. They start to tell you more about their past or their history or a story to do with something that we've picked up along the way. And by the end of it, you see a very different person. You can see in their eyes that there is a, a release almost and the confidence is starting to come back of who they are as a person and actually they can do this and that this is making a positive change for them. Um, you know, and, and it is such a joy to see because you see it, it happen. Yes. You, know, yeah. you see it happen. But also, you know, when you touch base with them a couple of weeks later, how's it going? How is that, you know, how, Oh yes, that, you know, we've changed it all around and it's just made such a difference. Wow. And that's what you want to hear. You want to hear that this, these changes are making a difference to them. And that's the important thing. Um, you know, they're managing to keep on top of things a lot better. They're feeling in, more in control with with their surroundings and their environment. They're feeling like they actually know what they're doing when it yeah. comes to, you know, walking through that door and putting their bag down somewhere. It's, it's just lovely because that's what 
that's what we want. We want them to be able to have that and feel that. So then they can feel like, yes, I can go and do this thing with my family. Or yes, I can go out and see my friends. Or yes, I can invite them over because we now have the space that I don't feel embarrassed about. So absolutely, you know, it's there, it's available to them and they can use it. It's really struck me. And I don't know why it hasn't before when I've thought about, you know, what you do is what that does for somebody's self-worth, self-esteem as well, then, Um, you know, that I'm just thinking how many people might have sat on things and, and, and just attributed that, you know, the good old negative thought wants to, it must be me, I'm not capable, I'm not managing. And sometimes those negative thoughts can then kind of move on to your future. This is how life's going to be. I'm no good at things and how that then translates to your behavior. That's what psychologists look at. But actually, you know, you seeing that the physical changes them, you know, the emotional health that comes off the back of that, but also just that core thing about the person, mm. what they can do. And then just that love really struck me then, you know, being able to feel able to invite someone into your home. Do you know what else has just popped into my head as well while we've been talking? That obviously we're, I don't know what you call this, this phase of the pandemic, but whether you have noticed anything that people obviously at home for a long time and suddenly having to reorganize the way they live their lives, working at home, you know, homeschooling. Have you noticed anything particular off the back of the pandemic about where people are at emotionally and physically with organising well, and managing? As, yeah, I mean, it, it. so yes and no. So there are elements of, obviously people are spending more time in their homes now. Yes. So their homes yeah. are having to become their offices. Yes. Yeah. And the problem with that is that there are a lot of homes out there that don't really physically have the space to have that that home office um so people are having to cut into some of their living space in order to do that um and that has an impact because then they're not necessarily able to turn off you know they they can't they can't shut a door on a on a an office space that's actually part of the living room because part of the living room so it's it's about trying to um and seeing sort of people come in and go I'm really struggling I don't know what to do about this space because I can't seem to get it organized yeah and I have to work here as well as live here um so there is that change of you know we're in our homes more those little niggles that were only little niggles are now much bigger niggles because you're around it all the time so you know the type of people that are coming to me are um well, I mean, the same as before, but more of them. So, yes, yeah. I think more and more people, and um, as they're becoming aware of of this kind of service and help, they're starting to reach out more. So it's it's becoming more of a norm, and that's yeah, what we want. That's a good we point. want we want to normalise that this, you know, getting a professional in to help you with your space, there's nothing wrong with it. You would go to the doctor to get professional help on health-related matters. Um, You would go to a builder to get professional help building a home. You would go to the, you know, um, electrician to get some help on your electrical stuff. So why not get a professional in to help you with your in, you know your internal space spaces such in your a good point tank. so it, yes. it's about normalizing it and making and I think more people more and more people are feeling less embarrassed about saying I have a professional organizer come in and help me um and, and that, that's what we want normalizing 
Yeah. <laughs> I use that word a lot, but it's, just, it's, it's really helpful, isn't it? Is, yeah. I'm just thinking as well that people listening to this, because so understanding a bit more about what you do, what you don't do, I think is so, so important. That's why I wanted to have you on today, because I'm thinking there may be somebody sat on a train now listening to this podcast or even in their office <laughs> having a sneaky <laughs> listen. Um, I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, a, there's the kind of stigma or should I, what does it say about me that I might need help with something that's very normal for, for a lot of people, but also just helping them to learn that what this can do for them in the long term, you know, reducing stress. Actually, this, this could play a huge role in reducing overwhelm, burnout, those extra hours that you need in the evening when you've got a really disorganized space, your tax returns due, you've got invoices and things to do. And, you know, you sometimes you just can't see the wood for the trees when you're overwhelmed. And that's not a judgment on you, your, you know, your human condition. It's just the situation that you're in and how it snowballs things can snowball so easily you know I was just thinking this morning on my way into work and I I knew that I was interviewing you and I was just suddenly remembering when you used to have in trays you know with the different layers Mm -hmm. and how sometimes at the end of the week when I used to work in the NHS I'd clear through mine and then literally it could the snowball again and that wasn't a reflection on the organizing skills it's just what's coming in but Mm -hmm. there was that visual reminder but now obviously we have more online systems and things and I'm just wondering some people may not realize yet that they have a problem because a lot of things are digital and you know you might not have that visual I don't know if you find that now that kind of visual in tray but you know that perhaps part of what you do is helping people to look at where there may be issues where there could be extra efficiency and they haven't realized it yeah, mm. and how that can help their emotional health, their physical yeah. health as well, I imagine, if you're then having more time to do other things and feeling better about yourself. Absolutely. It's um and and it does work not just on the physical, like I say, it's it, you know, yes. it is the things like a build up of emails. You know, can you yes. can you organize yeah. your emails so that they work more productively for you Absolutely. and you find it easier? Yes, you can. <laughs> there are ways of being able to support what we're trying to do and improve what we're trying to do so that our productivity yes. is so much better. Yeah. Um, it's just about finding them and understanding what they might be. Sometimes, I mean, you can get a bit overwhelmed occasionally with the fact that there are so many products and apps and out, you know, out well, there. Yes, that, that in itself, yeah. That can become a bit overwhelming. And I would say when, you know, when you're looking at that, and I, I have this problem too, you know, I, I did it myself when I was trying to go online with my accounting system and just go, right, there are three products that are all pretty much the same. Which one do I choose? Yeah. Just go for one. Just try one out. You know, it's, there's no, you can deliberate over it for so long. And in that time, you have a massive buildup yes. of things. And you yeah. just think, actually, what's the point of deliberating over this for so long? If they're so similar, if I've already done the research and I've looked at it and, you know, there's three that are very similar just go with one that you like the look of and give it a try. If it doesn't work, that's okay. You can go to another one and try it again. So it's, you know, and it's not wasted time trying it because yes, that's a good you're, point. You're just getting on and doing it. Otherwise, you end up procrastinating over it for way too long and spending way too long worrying about something that actually could have been dealt with in five minutes. That, you know, the role of avoidance, you know for people that may be not familiar with that term that the more we move away from something or try not to think about it sometimes actually the bigger the problem gets mm-hmm. or maybe there's larger fear or anxiety then associated with it and mm-hmm. it can be hard can't it think of taking that small step but as you say I guess part of what you do is where you're there to help people we were talking as well just before we hit record when we kind of small steps yeah um, and that's something I think I'll take away from today is um a the core shift 
Mm-hmm. that you guys can support with the emotional health benefits um just a lifestyle benefit. i think you know getting people back to that valued living they want to be doing rather than kind of drowning under yeah. life demands and the way they live <laughs> their life but also the impacts on self-esteem as well and self-worth mm. um how many people may be listening and starting to think do you know that might be me you know that we are really good aren't we at blaming ourselves for things mm. <laughs> it must be me and and that's something i'm really going to take away from today um how come people are going to want to find out more how can people find you where's the best <laughs> place where do you hang out <laughs> oh gosh good question um on online I'm, I'm available online always you know i've got a website so that's um all hyphen sorted.co.uk um you can find me on instagram i am sorted uh you can find me on facebook i am sorted um i, I love that title <laughs> <laughs> uh and then um also you can find me on the apto website so for anybody that does want to get support or help um then you can find an organizer close to you um there are people that do and i do it as well um virtual organizing which um, right. obviously okay. isn't, isn't the physical a... side of it but can yes. yes support um virtually and uh, if you just head to that website which is um apdo.co.uk a-p-d-o um and on there is the find an organizer section you can just type in where you are and it will come up with a list of um, members that are all professional organizers and, and they all have different specialisms so you know i would always right. look look around and see you know find someone that you feel works for you and I think what's really nice as well, that organisation is just helping people know where to start, you know, where to go to and where not to go to as well, you know, in terms of safety and people know yes. what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I always like to ask people my little signature move. There's one little <clears throat> adversity takeaway you could give us, one little nugget. <laughs> what might that be? Um, just get started. You know, people worry so much about starting something. Start small but just get started because if you don't get started and that could be just reaching out to somebody as getting started, or it could be finding a small area that you've been bothering you and just getting started on that. Um, But if you don't start, it won't happen. Yes, absolutely. There's little small steps. So even just looking on the abdo website, that's a start, isn't it? Absolutely. Look in your home. What's the area that's causing you the most stress at the moment and Mm -hmm. start. That pile of posts, as soon as you walk in the house, that's my area yep. that ends up with everything in it. <laughs> it's from school, letters, yeah. all sorts of things that one day I think I'm going to tackle that. But once a week, I make sure I go through it. And I do feel better afterwards. But sometimes it's a bit of avoidance. I'll own that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it works. It's been such a pleasure having you on. <laughs> um, do you know what? I'm, I, I have said that there's so many guests that I could do more and more episodes, but I would love to have you back again. I'd like to talk a little bit more about some of those areas in more detail so if you're happy to Sounds come great. back that would be lovely but thank you so much um, and you. I can't wait to get this episode out there I'll put all of those links in the show notes for people as well so they can just simply click on them and then it'll take them to where they need to be so lovely to have you on Shan and I will hopefully get to see you again soon <laughs> thanks very much
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Adversity Psychologist podcast. It's so lovely to have you here. I'm Dr. Tara Quintrarillo and you can find me at drtara.co.uk. You'll see everything I'm up to, free resources, my media work and my new COVID recovery clinic as well. Remember to please rate and review my podcast. It really helps people to benefit from the narratives of overcoming adversity if they know where to find us. The Adversity Psychologist podcast, helping you one step at a time.